<laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes Wolves. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Happy New Year, everybody. It, I'm so looking forward to this year. I'm being so positive about it. And a lot of it is because Wolves have, of course, been three games on the bloody bounce um, over this festive period. And joining me tonight uh, to talk about the Everton game, I've got Tom and Stu. Boys, how are we both feeling um, at the moment? Uh, brilliant. It's brilliant being a Wolves fan right now. <laughs> I've um, I've, <laughs> there's no point in dressing with the fact that I've got no hair anymore. I'm wearing this cap because I obviously deliberately didn't go out last night because I'm 40 years old. Um, so <laughs> I decided to stay in and just watch the NFL like a normal Sunday with a few beers, a few beers, then turn into a bottle of prosecco to myself. <laughs> when, I, when, when I turned that off, it 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 was perfect timing because then when the fireworks came on with our, our mayor of London wanking himself off for everyone to see um, in, in drone form. And then he got rickrolled in front of the uh, entire world. So that was a wonderful start. Um, but yeah, so my uh, my cap is here to blow me from the light. Uh, not, 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 like, not like the weekend, but just, just for the sake All right, of it. Str- All right, Mike Skinner. <laughs> That's a niche. Is that a yeah, niche that- reference? That's we started off really strongly here, haven't we? You've been talking about <laughs> the mayor of London wanking himself off in front of national TV. I've gone for in, a pop culture reference. We've not even hit two form. minutes in drone form. He didn't get he, he didn't get his little car out. Everyone's a play with. But I was just saying that that Mike Skinner reference is probably older than Tom. So <laughs> I was going to say it's, it, it's it's borderline slightly before my time as well. Um, just about, but it, it, should we talk football? Happy New Year, because we have got quite a bit to go through um, and not just about the Everton game as well. And I appreciate it's been a couple of days. We usually do a show just afterwards. Obviously, with New Year's, we took an extra day. But I still feel like we're riding that wave a lot of the moment because I think this was probably the best Wolves performance overall. This uh, of the calendar year, it was definitely the most impactful um, of Gary O'Neill's time in terms of what he's looking to get out of the team. So it it seemed like everything went right on the night. Um, it, the, the only thing that I guess did um, put a little bit of a that, um, sadder note on the proceedings was in terms of kind of the starting lineup. Um, it kind of broke in a couple of days um, before the game around Mario Lamina, whose uh, father unfortunately passed away um, prior to the game. You know, he was spotted travelling back to France. He talked about it um, after the Brentford game, I believe, as well, um, that his dad had been in hospital the last month as well. Um, so T- Tommy Doyle came in. Um, of course, we sort of you know send our uh, our condolences to Mario Lamina, of, of course, but. Um, one thing that I, I guess showed uh, f- throughout it all, and it kind of leads us nicely onto the first goal, doesn't it? 
um, the, the the amount of unity in this squad is is up there um, from a team that's felt quite fractured in recent times. There's a feel of togetherness, and it was definitely sort of shown um, in the celebrations for the first and second goal. Yeah, definitely. It was a good touch from Kilman, and for um, the second goal as well, just getting the shows, it was a great touch, and it shows the unity of the team as well and the club all together. So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, uh, talking about the goal itself, I think on one hand, it obviously looks quite scrappy because he's, you know, poked it in from five yards out. But I think what impressed me is that they kept, and it, it, it was the same for the third goal as well, I suppose, that, you know, they kept pressing and trying to get the, the, um, the another opportunity and keep the ball live from the set pieces, even if the first kind of delivery wasn't quite as testing as it needed to be, Stu. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you only have to go back 12 months and we'd, if we had one man in the box, we'd be lucky, let alone have three or four. Mm. And especially that early on in the game, as we, we'd be kind of got used to sitting back and the old Nuno way of do nothing in the first half and then come out all guns blazing in the second and try and get something. But we never overcommitted in the box, even from set pieces. That never seemed to be a thing. So to have two defenders <laughs> trying to tap it in from three and four yards out is brilliant. And it's it's almost like what we've been asking for for five years at this point. Um, and it's finally here. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think the fact that like, literally both your centre-halves are in the six-yard box on you know, the second, third phase of play, just waiting for that opportunity because Everton are a funny old team. Um, is my polite way of describing it because obviously they've been such you know they've been in decent form up until the last sort of week or so. Um, but by gosh, we didn't half pounce on any mistakes they made last uh, I say last night, um, the other night, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought we'd done really well in the game. Um, I was looking at their recent results, and obviously, they had I think it was Tottenham away, and then they had Man City mm. at home, you know, they're coming off the back of two really tough games obviously they took the lead against City as well um, so and when Sean Dyche is managing you know you do expect his team to sit in and have that low block and make the game hard and you know before the game I was expecting like a like a 1-0 um, mm. but yeah I thought we'd done really well and we just pounced on absolutely everything in the game yeah it, it, it almost felt kind of back to Nuno in the championship days in terms of that kind of intensity and the dominance. And it was from li- literally every player, um, you know, obviously you know, the, the forwards will get a lot of credit, you know, particularly like M- Mateus Kuna, who I, I can't wish I'd said this in my in the Bulls Amnesty post yesterday. I did, but there can't be too many better players outside of the top six, top eight teams than him at the moment. And like we're a year on now, and he cost forty million, and it feels like he's justifying that price tag now. Well, yeah, because for the last two months, yeah. If if you sold him, you'd get sixty, seventy, wouldn't you? No, at at this point. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, at at the time, it seemed ridiculous, and probably about three or four months ago, it seemed ridiculous. I mean, we did probably overpay for him as well, but we had to. (laughs) So. I don't think it's. You look at him now, and you look at the performances he's putting in. You ain't getting that on the cheap, are you? Very rarely. No. Um, yeah. 
and he's absolutely everywhere, and he loves it as well. The fact that, that interview he had with Gemma after the game for Wolves TV, where he's he's talking about loving it here, obviously, other than the weather. Um, but hey, everyone's made his, his family and him feel all welcome and everything, and he just loves being here and the, the whole family thing. It's, it's again, it's it's weird being on here and having things to moan about for a change. And <laughs> him and his, his little smile. And we had, even when, with, um, when Costa was here, and their little thing that they had, and and they're, they're teasing each other in the dressing room with um, trying to teach people English with the yeah. showdown this thing in yeah. the locker. It's it seems like it's been building for a while, and they were only here for, like you said, a year ago. So to see him come come on that much in a year under two different managers to the to the way that he, he had put that performance in against Everton, let alone the one at Brentford where he ran himself into the ground and probably should have got a goal for it. Uh, with that one that hit the post, yeah, he's he's superb. He's absolutely superb. Yeah, I think he's on. Uh, I think yeah, he's on six goals, and a lot of them have come in recent weeks. And he's very much picked up the um, Pedro Neto slack, um, so to speak. But real, he's on track to get double figures for us this season. Uh, more than let's be honest with his current mm. form, um, and particularly with Wang. Um, off on international duty now. You know, we're looking at having two players to have got double figures for us this season. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, 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 my little head can't almost compute it. <laughs> uh, I think it's a big thing as well. Um, when Neto got injured, you know, he, he he got stuck in straight away. Mm. And, you know, it's a, good, it's a good job that he started scoring his goals then as well. Um, but no, I think... He's only what 23, 23, 24. Mm. So you've still got so much to come for him. So I think by the end of it, that 40 million, I don't, I think it's going to look a bargain the way he's going if he carries on. Yeah, I, I, I think he is slowly but surely just become an incredibly influential player on and off the pitch. He's sort of said to June, like, he's, he's obviously got a lot of charisma about him, and you can kind of see how he, how he plays as well. That, you know, in theory, he's our most forward playing. You see him picking the ball up, in, you know, almost on the edge of the box because he's tracked someone back and he's tried to win the ball back and he opens up for play. And it it wouldn't, like, surprise me if, um, I know, like, in a cup match, let's say, if he rested Kilman and he rested Dawson and he rested Lamina, let's say, that he was captain. Yeah. If that makes sense, like, he, he seems to kind of possess all of those qualities and... You know, um, we've got comments from you on YouTube. Big thanks to everyone watching live, of course. That you know, his work rate is at elite level from what I've seen, and you know, it it, it sets that standard, doesn't it, for them? And he's got the work rate of Andy Keogh or whatever, but he also has the, <laughs> the yeah. technical stuff that you know, it, absolute light and day stuff. And you know, we've got the stats up on screen for anyone watching on on YouTube, and you know, it. it it's almost like he di- didn't put a foot wrong. You know, he only missed out on two of his passes. All his long passes were um, completed. He had a high touch percentage, you know, 94% passing. He created chances. It it, it, it was almost like the perfect kind of individual performance in a way. Um, but it wasn't just him, though. It is what I was going to say, because... So many other players, and I, uh, you know, I'll try and get through as many as possible for us to wax lyrical about. Um, but just turned up on the night, and like between 
you know, today, Brentford, um, Chelsea to a degree, like it, it feels like they found that that groove, which that little, a little that really big element um, that's been missing at Molyneux um, and missing from Wolves in recent months and even years, you could say. Yeah, it feels it feels like more like Wolves pre-COVID than ever. Um, yeah, it's been, everything that after that, everything after that March has been shit. It just has, <laughs> um, and it feels like in the last week, it feels like we got Wolves back again. Yeah, 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 definitely agree. I think as well, we played three games within six days. You know, these mm. games aren't just you know a kickabout. This is top top flight Premier League hard grafting games. I thought like the Chelsea game was a brilliant win. But then the Brentford game, I thought you could see that, you know, a few players were leggy. Um I thought we showed sometimes in the game like we were just happy to sit in. I thought it was a good performance there as well. We just sat in, defended the box and I mean I can't remember the last time we scored four goals. And I think especially where I think it was Watford away. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, was it? Uh, yeah. Um, no, I so no, it was. We, I believe, away in the pre- yeah, it was 4 0 Watford at home. And I believe the last time yeah. we scored four in the away was against Swansea back in 2012. Yeah. yeah, when wow. it was 4 4, which kind of just shows the lack of kind of fire power we, we, we sometimes have. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it you could have picked a number. Uh, against Everton, um, you know, obviously we had two disallowed for offside, but you know, I, I don't quite know how Quang didn't end up on the score sheets because I, I thought he was fantastic, and I've seen a couple of comments saying, you know, oh, he was a bit selfish, but I sort of feel that your top goal scorer is allowed to be a little bit selfish, and you know, I, there was a couple way he, he did the trademark uh, dummy, um, and I think you know, obviously. You know he's had a bit of luck with that, but I know he he got a little bit of criticism um, for not squaring it. But I don't is he's you know. t- you've got to go for it, haven't you? Yeah, you're not going to square it there. I mean, it, it was you're talking about the, the one that he went near post and Pickford turned around for a corner. Is that what the one we're talking? Yeah, about? he got fingers onto it onto the post. Yeah, but yeah I think that was the, that was the main one. Yeah, yeah, that was a world class save. Yeah. I mean, anyone else that he would have beat? I mean, uh, Pickford's a bit of a comedy figure in his own right, but he's a good shot stopper, and that was a great save. Mm. Um, yeah, and he, he put power beyond that. It wasn't just a oh, it wasn't a feeble attempt at the near post. He it was a proper attempt, and it was a great save. And yeah. I think Dan put the still up. Um, <laughs> it would have took some doing on your wrong foot to, or the outside of your your right to swerve it round from there to get into yeah. the middle of the box. So you can't blame him for having a go. I mean, there's about four. Five, I mean, I'm, I say pulling it behind because I, I did think I had a genuinely good game, and I, I was gutted he that goal was ruled out for offside because that finish was beautiful on it on his <laughs> yeah. left foot. Um, but you know, there was about four or five chances where we just had about four plays forward. It was like it was like Everton were playing with nine men at a, a couple of points where how we just swarming them. Um, mm. And it, oh, it's just fantastic to see. Um, something I did like in the first half, I say liked, actually yeah, I had a lot of love for it, is when uh, there was a little melee in the middle of the park. And I think something that we picked up before, Stu, is that this is a Wolves team who are a bit more 
emotionally calm in situations. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not gonna I did love how um Tommy Doyle just started a fight. He, just, <laughs> he, he wasn't one who was getting fouled. I think it was Dawson who ended up getting knocked over. And just Tommy Doyle just started pushing someone and then uh, he ends up going toe-to-toe with Anana. And then Jack Gomez just gets him in a headlock. Of course. Just, of course he does. Of course. Yeah. So I just I mean I'm amazed like but I mean it's like I'm glad VAR didn't pick up on it. But mm. it was just great <laughs> to uh, it was just great. Um sort of yeah, to some, see that little bit of again that extra bit of togetherness in a way. Um, because again, shall go and miss. Just uh, we we've talked before, haven't we? That it can sometimes feel that it should be Lamina and one, and kind of whether it's um, Gomez, Doyle, or um, Bubatriore coming in, they could all work with Lamina, but there needs to like be a level of kind of getting the maths to work with the other three. Um, but I thought Doyle and Gomez, you know, against a sturdy Everton midfield, industrious midfields, um, but they're fantastic. He's yeah. Just, Sorry, go on. He's just stepped up a level in the last week, last week and a half. Joe Gomez. He's always had it. We've seen that with the the his skill level's always been there, but he hasn't necessarily been. Let's say match fit, but maybe he's. Acceptance of the the speed of the the league, maybe mm. a bit wanting sometimes. Um, in this last few weeks, he's been on it, and like I'm, I'll mention in the group chat as well, there was a moment in the second half where he started punching the ground because he missed a tackle, and he didn't win the ball. <laughs> you think when you're loving when you're loving defending that much, then <laughs> I mean, fair play to you. And yeah, he can, as we saw at Southampton last season, he has got a strike on him if you wanted to go forward, but I don't think he wants to. I think just leave him alone. <laughs> So it yeah. lets it lets the creative players like Tommy Doyle play, and it lets Lamina have his more creative side to his game rather than just being a defender as well, um, as we've seen in, in in recent weeks with his goal tally. So it's you are right, Rich. It's been Lamina plus one, and now it's either of them. And Tommy Doyle, he's I almost feel sorry for him because he's almost like a kind of Alex Ray, <laughs> Colin Cameron situation there, as we had back yeah. then with Paul Ince. So it's like well. He's clearly got talent, and if we've got the graphic, I don't know if we have. Um, I, but what the uh, passing one? Yeah, the passing one that Wolves played. Unfortunately, I don't know, but it it, it was bonkers, wasn't it? And it's not I think it's all fifty nine, sixty passes. Something yeah, like it's that. not just sideways and backwards like people. Oh well, when you pass completions that high, not that that matters, of course. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've got it here. It was. I don't know. But it's not going to work on there, is it? I mean. <laughs> it's just it's just everywhere yeah. yeah so but again i i thought he was superb but no no one talked about him because he just did his job properly yeah and i think he's he's kind of got that like quiet level of authority and you know i've seen bits and pieces of sheffield united um and obviously being at man city you expect him to have a certain level of quality yeah. and uh, I was a little bit apprehensive when we signed him. I thought he's going to be a decent stock stock player. He's mm. definitely third, fourth choice. But it's like every game he plays, he's doing exactly what you'd want your backup midfield to do. And it's like to just continue to ask, like, why isn't he starting every game? Mm. And it's it, it's really positive to see that 
I, I sort of think, you know, against Brentford in the Cup or, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, let's say, if you saw him starting with Lamina and Gomez dropped or you saw, you know, if you saw that midfield duo again, um, you wouldn't go, oh, he's dropped him. You go, oh, there's something tactically going on of why we need, you know, of, and you wouldn't always have that feeling that it's a step down as much as I think maybe when he joined some fans might have felt. Yeah, I think competition for places is always a good thing, but when you do have substitutes, you know, a lot of people expect the subs to come in and not do as well as they're starting, the ones that start mm-hmm. do. But I feel our bench is probably as strong as the people who start, really. I think um, Doyle proves that as well. Um, and it was a tough game for him as well against Everton because of how physical it was. I mean, going against someone like Onana as well, you know, that, that's not very easy. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a point as well. Subs are not just shit players that can't get the starting lineup anymore. Yeah, and the fact that the fact that he's doing it, he's doing it for the last two weeks. We've taken Samado off, who has been excellent, yeah. just to keep him fresh. Just because you've got someone who's who's more than capable in Doherty, and just who's fitter, who's more, who's not as knackered. So I'll just let him play. With same with on the other side, taking out Nuri off, who wasn't very pleased, was he? Um, no. no, and good, good. They're, they're supposed to be angry when they get when they get took off. They want to. They're supposed to stay on the pitch. That's the whole yeah. point. I don't, I don't, there was if that was just Twitter nonsense. I don't know, but people moaning about that and get a life. Um, <laughs> but that is that. That is the thing. We haven't had midfield options for about five years <laughs> yeah. because we we've had two players in midfield and one of them gets injured. Then it's always a downgrade. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it does feel like the. Um... The form of ceiling of our midfield options is a lot shorter than it has been in recent years. And I think the variation as well is I think half a point I'm trying to make as well, that mm. it you know, they all offer something slightly different in a kind of hopefully fairly complementary manner. And I mean the only one I sort of feel slightly bad for is Traore, just mm. because I not that I don't think he's a good player, he's got the potential, just that he's just gonna have to wait for his opportunity, unfortunately. Um which is a real shame, but you, you know, going back to the game itself uh, at halftime, obviously going one nil up, and you know we we did good work to get the second one fairly quickly as well. It just felt so natural, um, and then again another recycled set piece goal. Um, we kept battling for it, you know. Top, Doyle um, battles for it first, and then eight Nori, uh, you know, fantastic, brilliant tackle. Like it, it gets lost, but he does the great recovery. Comes to Kuna, who again, I don't know how deliberate it was to be uh, to uh, to put the ball in there. And big old Craig Dawson prodding. <laughs> it felt weird because it was like he prodded it home, Stu, um, in a football cliches manner, but he did it too far out to prod it home. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> does that make it's, sense? I think that's yeah. why it feels so awkward. <laughs> It's it's not it's not a goal hanger, and it's not a tapping. It's 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 something we've never seen before. <laughs> a misdirect. It's an it's a, yeah, it, it's an outstretched leg yeah. from basically the edge of the box. It felt like, um, <laughs> and, I, and I can't quite like I, I almost can't quite understand how he did it. To be honest, <laughs> um, but I mean, side side note on you know because. I thought it was really because actually like it highlighted 
about half the place we've talked about in terms of like that goal. Um, um, we've had a great comment on on YouTube actually, uh, set from Danny P saying Tom King said on this radio <laughs> broadcast, um, only Craig Dawson could tackle a ball into the goal, <laughs> which is what it felt like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, quick side note on Wolves, Everton's like organization and lack thereof um, of defending at the back was. Like just so bad for a team who have been doing so well. I don't know whether it's that they went through the back or, or what, but mm. it was like they tried to match Wolves up man for man. And I don't think I've ever seen Wolves just go for so many balls over the top because they just had the time and the space to do it. It it looked like what happens when we go to a a, a basic four. <laughs> they, mm. they just can't do it. They just can't do it, and it was a, a rare. King Deutsch defeat. Um, and then I think they mentioned it on Match Today or Match Today, so I can't remember which one, but that he did drop a bollock by matching up. Um, because they don't play that way. They've got their players don't play in the back five. I mean, that's what you saw with Cody last season there, where he didn't he played in a four, even though we you know, Cody and the playing in a four was contentious anyway here, but he played mostly in a four, and they're playing when they did play in a five, it was bad. So I don't I don't know why he did it other than pure fear that we're better than them and we are. Yeah, and it it, it just kind of continues showed throughout. I mean, even after that third goal, part of me kind of uh, kind of mentioned Tom like against Brentford, Wolves had a really kind of good um, game management structure in terms of like they sat back, they took the pressure, didn't pushed too hard because they weren't being pushed too hard but it felt like they kind of controlled the game whereas at home just before New Year's Eve it was just party time wasn't it and I say Hwang had it and then Neto comes on and it's just uh, it was just so fun to watch wasn't it <laughs> I think it was good as well uh, how many players actually come on I thought it was good mm. that if pretty much everyone had a run out um, obviously Gomez had that knock um, obviously, O'Neill since has said that he's okay to play, but um, that gives Troyore a chance. Um, obviously, Doherty coming on again, you know, it just freshens the legs up, especially when you're playing such the um, amount of games in such a short space of time. Your squad depth is really needed, and let's be honest, we don't really have too much of it in certain areas. I'd say it's better from what we've had in recent years, like under Nuno. But obviously, you know, January now, we'll see who we can bring in. See what Gary O'Neill wants to bring in. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on to it in, in a bit in terms of, I guess, where we're thinking January's leading us. Um, I guess sort of the two card players one I can't touch on. I mean, I've spoken about Hwang. It's, I believe now, effectively, his last game he's played was before he goes off to the... Um, AFC Asian Cup, um, South Korea uh, in a group with Bahrain, Jordan, and uh, Malaysia. Um, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say this, but I hope they lose all three games. Um, <laughs> yeah, back as what, soon as possible. What t- is that in the morning or at night? Them times. I believe um, they were screenshot from my phone, so I'm guessing they're our time. Yeah, but in the morning or at night. <laughs> You'd think um, in the morning, I, wouldn't you? I, I, yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming morning. morning, yes. I might have to watch them. 
yeah. <laughs> see how he gets on. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, yes, he will be missed, but hopefully, and I guess this is where, like, Wolves of your would have suffered from this and we'd have promoted, like, you had a player injured at this point, whereas now it's like, oh, yeah, it's a shame we're losing Quang for a month, but we've got Pedro Neto coming back. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, uh, yeah, the goal was a shame because uh, it was Sarabia who was offside, wasn't it? I believe, mm. um, and just just kind of happened all out of nowhere, didn't it? But the fact that you know we were still chasing and pressing from um, so high up the pitch with so little left. But yeah, I mean, in terms of um, people to come in for your um, your top goal scorer, Pedro Neto is not a bad shout, is it? Yeah, and you've got. We've got Bellegarde getting some of his form back as well. The, he promised before he got sent off, um, which and you think, okay, we need more than one. But you have got it in him, and you've got you can move players around. You can play. You don't have to play with Sarabia. You can play a front two and have people floating around. I think that's a and I know you mentioned the uh, the other Huang's finish for the offside. I think in Tom's blog when he said it it was a ruthless performance, and yet. Yeah. The ball was legitimately the ball's in the net five times, and there were three of them were really well taken finishes. Yeah, and how, how I mean, you've got to go back to what the Leeds game and the Bolton game at home in the championship when we absolutely destroyed them, yeah, and to have that kind of dominance over someone. And it's going into that game, you wouldn't have expected it, would you? And now we've got options off the bench and options to cover our player, one of our players of the year. Things are going too well, and I, I, <laughs> there's not enough wood in the house to touch. Well, yeah, so, yeah well, part of me, Mr. Part Cardigan. Of like, yeah, but it's like, what is going to go wrong? And you know, I, I, look, I, I'm not delusional um, by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I am delusional a lot of the time, but I, I am appreciative that a certain level of what's happening at the moment is form. Um, and that's not to do too much of a disservice to Gary O'Neill and what he's implemented and things like that. But football can very quickly kick you to the curb um, just to bring it all crashing back down to earth, which, you know, is a bit of a shame. But uh, there, there's still kind of stuff that needs to be done. And uh, it don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if either you two caught the uh, match of the day um, coverage. Um, but, you know, we, we were literally like last on. Yeah. Um, mate. we're a three goal win yeah we're a three goal and, and to be fair they're good games on that I, I don't know it's like yeah Everton are pretty crap aren't they <laughs> so, okay the Wolves were pretty good too no okay <laughs> um but well, yeah you know, so... on, on that on that Rich before you go that match of the day coverage to not show that sweeping multi-pass just... Brazilian-esque move yeah which, because, just because he didn't end up in a goal they show it for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. It, it was literally like they ran out of time. The, you know, they, they, is it like eight minutes they try and dedicate to each game or something like mm. that? And then for the highlight one, they get slightly longer. And then the analysis is what you kind of eat sometimes. Like, just, just enjoy it. Um, but then part of me is like, you know what? The less other people are talking about walls, <laughs> the more, you know, we, we can kind of, make the ascent um so to speak but oh no i think it's a really interesting time at walls lots of things happening um of course things going good on the pitch 
I think any of the talk about relegations kind of slipped off the table now, um, which is great. And like looking at the league table, it's it's kind of feels like we've gone from being the top of the bottom third to very much now being at the bottom of the middle third, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of quite densely compact. But, you know, there's now a four-point gap between us and Fulham. But, you know, we are three points away from Man United in, in seventh with, you know, five points away from West Ham in sixth. And, yeah, I know that there's a few teams in between us and things like that. But it definitely feels like we've moved into the next, uh, I was going to say the next tax bracket, the next league bracket. Yeah, I think um, the position we're in, it's a funny one because, as you say, it's not that much of a gap from Fulham, but then you look on the positive side of things and you could sneak in into the top 10, you could sneak into those Europa places. But, as we said, football's a funny old game and if form doesn't go your way, say, like, I don't know, God forbid a couple more VAR decisions don't go our way and stuff like that then, you know, you can fall right back down again. Um, obviously, now, because of how much has gone against us, people will look at our position, like especially Wolves fans, and think, well, if we did get those decisions, you know, just imagine where we could be, and we could be flying. But I think, you know, we're halfway into the season now. It's still all to play for. We've just got to ride it out. I, I, we're nowhere near relegation. I don't think... No. Re- even before the season, I'd, I'd, everyone like wrote us off. I never thought relegation was a worry for us. I think we've got too too much quality um, individually and in and now in a team. You can see that in the unity of how we play. Um, as we say, Match of the Day didn't even put that clip on. And I felt like I was watching Barcelona and it was Xavi and Iniesta in the midfield. <laughs> uh, it, it special. So... We just got to keep it moving, really, and just hopefully things keep going our way. But you never know with this game. And for the first time this season, that bet that I had when Gary O'Neill was appointed that we'd finish in the top ten, they offered me two pound up on my like my cash out. <laughs> it's, I put twenty quid on when it when it, the day was appointed at eleven to two. Yeah. It was twenty two pounds cash out for the first time. <laughs> it's it, it, it's not on now because obviously this Liverpool game's on currently yeah. two one. Um, but yeah, it was there. And when I got back in the car, I thought, ooh, in the positive, people are noticing now. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quietly getting there. I mean, goal difference is the only kind of big thing. For, uh, but you know what? That That's because, as I sort of said, we're at the next bracket. And, you know, like the way I kind of look at it is Bournemouth, okay, yeah, they've got a game in hand on us. But actually, it's four points with that amount of goal difference. Mm-hmm. Same, same with Fulham. Um, you know, it needs to be a six goal swing, and that is still quite a lot. So it, it's still looking positive um, for me. And, you know, the fact that I'm now, when I'm doing all these slides and whatever, and, you know, I'm cropping the league table, I'm not doing it from 20 footwards anymore. It, yeah. It's quite a nice sensation. And I'm not even like, you know, um, doing even like from 17th and above or anything like that. So <laughs> at the moment, and uh, genuinely, because I tried to do it on, well, you know, we're in two games of all of those teams. Yeah, you know, it, just, we, we are, we, it is a two-game swing, um, mm. which is which is pretty wild. And, yeah, we got a break from 
um, league stuff next week, of course, because we will be up for the cup as always. Um, but um, yeah, we are in January transfer window, of course. So I think it's going to be a really interesting transfer window for Wolves. Uh, Wolves have made an early move as well, which I don't think I was going to say I don't think I was quite expecting, but um, <laughs> Eastbourne Borough. Um, from Vanarama. Vanarama, there we go. Have they even tweeted us earlier? <laughs> Which, um, yeah, so uh, Eastbourne Borough um, announced earlier that they've reached an agreement with Wolves for the signing of uh, Fletcher Holman, who is a uh, 19-year-old centre-forward. Um, again, there is potential fairy tale stuff within this. Um, it, Potentially, you never quite know, but I mean, like you'll see like the YouTube clips, and I mean, he's a grown boy, it, it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he is he's like the darts player, isn't he? Um, you know, I, I don't quite understand how he's 19, but so far this season, you know, not even 20. Um, you know, he's got five goals in 17 games, and it, it all kind of stuff that you know, I read the Eastbourne Borough uh, press statement on it. Um, you know, it, you know, it was like, oh, he'll be at the ground today, and you can wish him goodbye and stuff like that. <laughs> like, there's a level of like, and I don't like to say we're proper football about it all, but yeah. Stu, you 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 were quite uh, interested in the signing, weren't you earlier? Yeah, I mean, for every for every Luke Matheson, there's a Kilman, isn't there? So it can, <laughs> and it, it's a. If it's what one or two million, it doesn't really matter. It's not. I say that's that's nothing. But for for a Premier League club, it is, and even even for us in our our penny pinching ways, it doesn't really matter how much he is. I mean, it's a gamble. No. It's a gamble. It let it more importantly than anything else at this moment in time, it lets Nathan Fraser go on loan to Shrewsbury, which we'll come yeah. on to in a minute. Which is yeah. more important for us than anything else. So he fills an under twenty three gap, under twenty one gap, whatever. Um, if he's good, if he's doing well for them, he'll get a chance in the first team money. He'll get a chance in the cup if we, the further we go. So <laughs> it's a win-win for everyone. You look at it from his point of view. He's just <laughs> this is his first first year as a pro or semi-pro yeah. to, to to get that move within five months to a Premier League side is <laughs> Jamie Vardy levels of mental. If he's mm. on the if he's on the Red Bull and Skittles as well, who knows? <laughs> it, it these things do happen. So. <laughs> If the, if the kid's good enough, which some his finishing looks pretty good in the, in the clip that we that we shared earlier, why not give him a chance? We, we've got it's, it's literally no, no one loses from this. Even if he doesn't work and he ends up at Bolton or Coventry or somewhere like that, good. It's better than being at Eastbourne. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. even yeah. if he goes back into League Two, it's better than where he was at Eastbourne. So it's it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, and not I guess not sound sort of too derogatory about. Um... You know what? Is it the fifth tier of football he's in? Yeah. You know, I, I I'd hasten to bet that playing in the Wolves under twenty ones is is going to give him a higher footballing, at least technical education, anyway. Because um, it must be sort of still semi pro. Um, do we say that he's effectively under? Um, well, some some are some are. I'm, I don't. I'm not it, 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 it's still. You know, he's still going to have access to a lot of resources that he wouldn't have had access to. And no, you know, Wolves aren't just taking a 
they Wolves aren't just taking a punt on a bloke because oh he scored five goals. They do occasionally do their research and <laughs> you know like but, but you're right. It's like at worst case scenario is we we send him out on four loans in three seasons and he gets picked up at a League Two level at some point and you know life carries on. Best case scenario and he's got a Hollywood film. Um, out of Jamie Vardy, but look at Michael Kiteley. I mean, he made the. I, I know it was a, a league higher. He, he was playing conference football, yeah. and when you, you look at it in a, in a way, you look at Mosquera from from yeah. where we got him, and and yeah. Totti. I mean, Totti at Estoril. I mean, that's not a, a, an excellent level, is it? Really? So, mm-hmm. um, all things considered, and they've got I me. Mean, he was great in the MLS. He was back in that photo apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I must say, I did feel really bad when I saw that photo and I did go and go, well, where's Jason Tindall? <laughs> um, He's getting but, soaked at Anfield, that's what he is. I was going to say 2-1 <laughs> down at the moment. They're just, we're three. clawing him back. Oh no, 3 Is it 3-1? 3-2 now. I always like it when we're doing live score dates. <laughs> 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 nice stuff into the hundreds of people oh. who are watching live. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes a big difference for people listening to our podcast in, you know, eight hours' time. But <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Wolves have made their first signing. But a couple of thoughts I had, guys, is that we're now, well, I'll say halfway through the season, new year, um, so to speak. Um, we often do prediction shows and stuff like that and do them at the start of the season. But I almost thought like now, uh, I say this as someone who always forgets uh, to change their fantasy oh, football no. team. And it literally got pulled up um, in a group chat I was on about, oh, let's have a look at the league table. I was like, yeah, I've not changed it since September 30th. Um, so actually, like, I've got, I can play my wild card now. It's a clean slate for me. I can make that, you know, re- I can hopefully get into fourth place. There's virus in the league, but I think I can get there. Um, so anyway, I can't thought we can have the same thought view on predictions um, is where I'm going, guys. So really quickly, who do you all think are going to end up as the title winners? Because I honestly, I hadn't expected Liverpool to be quite where they are. Um, but, you know, they are top of the league with... You know, five well, three points clear at the moment. Um, as results stand, um, it's a tough one, but I wouldn't say Arsenal. I don't think they've got enough experience. No. Um, no. I think especially how young the squad is. Recent run of form now, they've lost a couple more games, which they should be winning, especially mm. if you're going to win the Premier League. Um, Liverpool are doing really well. But I just think, especially now, Kevin De Bruyne back with Man City, Erling Haaland being the robot he is, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to stop him. I think it'll be it'll be a tight race, but I think Man City will win it again. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. Yeah. For, for all the other <laughs> reasons, it's not yeah. Villa. That's the main thing. So. <laughs> that 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 that's for me, aim, and I'll sort of hope. I'm always annoyed when Villa win, but. I'd kind of predicted after the um, Brentford fiasco, I'd sort of said, this is the point where the wheels are going to fall off for them. And it hasn't quite. And I don't genuinely sort of know how they are, you know, still hanging on the coattails, um, so to speak. But, yeah, I, 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 I got off goal difference as much as anything else. And the fact that, you know, 
uh, Man City have a game in hand, but they're still on the same goal difference as Liverpool at the moment. Says a lot, and you know they they do this. Um, you know, Man City do just kind of they'll have a point like now where they'll win ten in a row, <laughs> and we almost won't realise it until it's yeah. kind of too late, sort of thing. Um, relegation, guys. So at the moment, uh, because you can't see it on the graphics anymore, it's currently uh, Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton, um, with uh, Everton. A point above uh, Luton at the moment, so I, I'm assuming we're we're all kind of pretty much set on Sheffield United getting relegated. Yeah, yeah. Sheffield United, Burnley. Yeah. Burnley, I think are sort of two fairly solid bankers at this point. I guess it's out of Luton, Everton, Brentford, and maybe Forest. I think Forest have probably got enough, just about annoyingly. I want to throw another one in there, Palace. You're going to throw Palace. Ah. Yeah, I think if the uh, if the good old L stays where he is, they could be sliding to an oblivion there because it looks like a it looks like a dead club. It looks like he, he's devoid of mice. Um, they're feeding off scraps, and there's it needs something. They're probably going to go and change the manager tomorrow now and make me look stupid again. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Palace, I think Everton will be fine. I think Luton will probably do enough um, in a kind of weird way. So I th- at this moment in time, I'd on the, uh, yeah, I'd probably say between Palace and Brentford for the third spot for me. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I quietly think Brentford because I, I, I know he's been charged a long time. I think they do need to change. But they, they need something to freshen up that club. Um, unfortunately, it just doesn't quite seem to be clicking. And whether it's an Ivan Tony um, situation, but yeah, I mean, when we played, I just didn't think I didn't think they were that good. And, and Palace, you know, the only teams who have scored less than them are Burnley and Sheffield United, hmm. with the players Not, they've got as well. Yeah, I, I say that like they didn't score three against uh, Brentford, but. Um, was it three they got against Brentford? Yeah, at least they got at least yeah. It'd be tricky, but part of me would quite like Luton to get a season personally. I'd 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 like Luton to stay up. Weirdly, um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because they give it a good go. Especially I watched the Chelsea game. Um, you know the the last couple of minutes it was just going at them constantly, but I don't think the. I don't think they've got enough quality to stay in the Premier League. I think that's the problem. I think they've got a lot of fight, they've got a lot of courage, but I don't. I just don't think they've got enough quality. I would like them to stay up, but I can't see it happening. I, th- I think the three that have come up, I think, will go back down. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and last one is top goal scorer. And uh, interesting comment from uh, Matt Bradley. City will come good. Holland will find a scoring boots again and end up top goal scorer. Uh, come... Uh, bottom three, I think, will be what to ultimately go. I mean, the thing with Erling Haaland, he's actually current top Premier League goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels bonkers, doesn't it? Um, because it feels like he just doesn't score anymore. But he has yeah. still got 14 goals in, you know, 2019 league, league games, which is still absurd. Well, he's probably missed about five of them, mate. Four or five of them. Yeah, he's yeah. missed games so far this season as well. Um, so it's, it, it, it is a bit bonkers. Um, but he, he just isn't doing quite the level of, you know, 
uh, output as there was um, you know, last season. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's like because it was his first season and like he had a lot of media around him. It was like, oh, you know, he's back again. He broke the broke the record. Got the golden boot. It's kind of like it's just normal now that he just scores a goal a game at least. <laughs> yeah, it, it it does kind of feel like he's it's normalised, isn't it? Um, I mean, same with Mo Salah. Like you know, he's still got thirteen goals, and half the time ago he doesn't really do that much. But he's like clearly phenomenal. Um, so I sort of do think it's going to come down to one of those those two. To be honest, unfortunately, um, I mean, minor shout outs to Dominic Slanky who you know has Spurs written all over him um, in, in terms of a <laughs> summer transfer move, which will inevitably flop. Mm. Yeah, he was into Arsenal as well, Warren. There was, I, I think everyone who wants a striker just goes to Solanke. It, and Mel Salah's got another two tonight, by the way. So, yeah, um, so that's pulled him up. Yeah, yeah, and I think because oh, four two now, by the way. Yeah, um, Quang missing a month is going to stop him uh, getting there. So I, mm. I don't think we can uh, put Quang in there. But yeah, I think it's the easy answer. I think Harland for me. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, let's uh, should we do some balls ones? Because I think this is kind of going to be more fun. So, firstly, uh, final league position. So, bearing in mind, we are uh, currently 11th at the moment. I'm going to go... I'm going to say 10th. And I'll be very happy with 10th. Yeah. Mm. Right, you, Stu. I think we'll probably finish 11th by goal difference just to piss me out of 130 quid. <laughs> <laughs> just because that's what has seems to happen um mm. yeah and it'd be anywhere between ninth and ninth and twelfth now anything less than that would be a bit disappointing really um mm. is that is that great no not for me uh, i think that that's kind of where we are now so yeah i think with a with a bit of actual luck on our side i think we'll we could get top 10 uh ninth yeah. 10 something like that if if our luck turns which it, it might it can't get any worse can it so <laughs> no I was going to say I've um, uh, uh, similar to uh, Jafo. I'm I'm in, in time. I'm going to go for eleventh. I think that just that bit to go to the top half of the table, it will be disappointing. But I think it still kind of shows that level of progress, and it's kind of like who are we overtaking out of Brighton, Newcastle, and Chelsea. I guess um, to a degree. Um, and so half of me is like, well, Chelsea will get their acting together at some point. Um, but they've been saying that for over a year now. So uh, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I still think 11th is a good shout. Um, Wolves top goal scorer. I kind of threw this in just because of the Huang dilemma. But do we all think Huang's going to end up top goal scorer? Or do you think that Kuna's going to quietly catch him up? Kunya's um, got a chance. Uh, I think. If we had more games in January, um, I would have mm. probably gone with Konya because um, I think he'll step in this month, especially with Huang being away. Um, so I think it's definitely between Konya and Huang, but I think the way Huang's playing at the minute, he's, he's always going to be shooting, do you know what I mean? And I don't blame him. It's his best season that he's had for us by a country mile. So, yeah, I'll go with Huang. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, so, bearing in mind, we have already signed one player, whether you want to class him or not. 
I kind of understand why you might not want to because it's going to be assumed going to like the developments tool um, operation at Wolves. How many how many signings are we thinking we're going to get? I'd go with if we're not counting him, um, I'd say two more. Um, depending on it, if no one else goes out, I'd say two mm. in. Yeah, I agree. I think around two or three, maybe. But again, it depends who goes out. I mean, like for example, Johnny. You know, if you get if you get a couple million from him, um, which you can reinvest. You know, we could look at more people coming in. But I think as of right now, with no one going out, I think we'll get about two or three. There we go. Sorry, I was literally just waiting to sneeze for the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'll just wait for the fourth wall for anyone listening on podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I'm being optimistic. I'm going to say three. Um, just because I think we will get we will get a striker in, a, a senior striker in, or someone who will at least play for the seniors team um, to effectively replace Silver. Um, and then maybe another defender as well and potentially a goalkeeper is the one which is kind of getting knocked about um, an awful lot, um, which I guess leads us quite nicely onto a series of tweets from a um, friend of the fan cast, uh, Johnny Phillips, um, over at Sky, um, who has said, so give me for a long amount of reading, but he said, Wolves' January transfer plans will develop over coming days. Fabio's uh, exit uh, is a relief to all parties. A uh, bit of context um, just um, for everyone. O'Neill's great start of strength for his um, club's position, which makes sense. And when Lopetegui left for 23 24 um, season, came about survive, um, staying up, not the long term. Um, although urgent strengthening is not now required to the same degree because we're not looking at getting relegated. Um, O'Neill still wants a number nine, he's been knocked back a co- uh, with a couple of bids already, which is interesting. Um, but it's still working on getting the right uh, profile player in. Any signings would be required to make an immediate impact. Uh, coaches recognise options off the bench are limited. So uh, there's a, I guess, a degree of like, we don't want to just buy too young and hungry, i.e. like like our, uh, like your boy Fletch, um, who are going to actually be a, uh, I guess, an experienced senior player. Um, O'Neill um, has earned the right to have a big say in shaping the squad going forward. Uh, significant uh, work uh, more practical in the summer. Again, makes sense. If Frozen choose to make competitive money available again, is a interesting term. Uh, so, unlikely to be big investment this window, unless outgoings allow for greater flexibility with fees being paid. Um, so, yes. Um, Stu, I know you were very vocal in terms of this and I, I have a couple of analogies as well. I don't know where this came from. All I was saying, I mean, it all kicked off them all having a go at me again. I didn't even say anything bad. All I said was it's there it's there in, in black and white, in blue and white, whichever browser you use. It's there, clear as day, if they choose to put money in again. They did it last January because we were screwed and they had no choice. But by doing that, it proved that they can do it if they wanted to. <laughs> by then not doing it again in the summer meant we had to sell loads of players because they didn't, they weren't 
constantly reinvesting into the squad, which is what the whole profit and sustainability bollocks is all about. They either go one way of being self-sustainable and not putting a penny in, where then you could lose five million, or you put money in and you can lose up to 105 over three years. It's one or the other. Um, like someone, I don't know if it was you who said, "Oh, why can't we have like halfway?" You probably can, but they're not. Well, they're not. They're not going to yeah. just. This is the thing. They can't it, pick and choose and change their mind. They've got to stick to one philosophy or the other because you got to do it over the three-year period or not at all. Yeah. No. My my sort of point is that it it kind of seems to be the thing with particularly Wolves is and it, it go it goes from a lack of cohesion at boardroom level and at sporting direct level, which I think we sort of do now have in um matt hobbs not related um is the it's like it's either hot or cold it's like yeah we're being sustainable we're not spending money we're going to try and you know recycle and whatever and try and gain money internally and then it's like ah shit we've not actually sold any players so we don't have any money and it turns out we're not very good so shit we need to spend a load of money so we can keep the um investment happy um, and then kind of going in these cycles where actually there needs to be a level of continual investment within the team to the right degree. And I'm not saying there's like a magic formula for it. And arguably someone like Brighton, maybe even Villa. No, because Villa have had for Greenish money, I suppose. Mm. Um, They've spent more than that now. Way more. Yeah. I mean, oh. they, they, they've covered from so Yeah. Um, but actually that kind of process of actually not we need to keep we do need to keep investing in this team and it's like and and bringing in good players and i sort of think we've arguably caught with that in terms of some of the signings we've made so eight nori and jao gomez would be my two main ones in terms of players who have signed for a half decent amount of money but their value is a lot higher than what it is now from what it was when we signed them players like mario mario lamina craig dawson aren't going to get you big yields to a degree. Neither mm. is Mateus Kuna either. Unless something big happens, we're not going to make a 100% profit on him. We will make a 100% profit on Joe Gomez. Yeah, easy. And it, 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 it's easier said than done. And I know, I know. But it feels like Wolves are kind of hopefully going to try and get onto a steadier track of... And, and whether it has to wait until the summer for fairly logistical reasons and having that bit of patience like look yeah you can have a striker we're not going to spend more than 15 million this window unless we sell players but there's 15 million pounds in the bank but in the summer that's when O'Neill's hopefully got more of a chance to you know change things around maybe Sassuclide does go out on loan for a season maybe um, you know there, there are a few more kind of seismic changes in this uh in this team, um, rather than it just being uh, we either need to spend a lot of money or we don't spend anything at all for three seasons. <laughs> no, I'm not from Tip <laughs> Ashma born and bred for the, one of the comments there for the audio people. Um, so yeah, I think for transfer stuff, I think it's interesting, um, in terms of how much say Gary O'Neill's gonna get and. Um, you know, the to be what was the phrase that they um uh, Johnny used? It was a uh, competitive to make competitive money available again 
and I guess you know it, you could spend you could I say you could spend ten million on a striker from uh, you know do we keep getting linked to the, a striker from Victoria Pletson? But I don't know if that's via fans, so to speak. Um, but yeah, anyway, like, if, if we sign Tom from there and he gets you three, four goals in in yeah. six months, and you go, oh well, the mo- it's the model, it's the project. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, just saying, if we had, I mean, I, I say to devil's advocate that we had twenty million. That's not twenty million to spend on one player, is it? Remember, it's spread over five years. So you you could be you could get five twenty million pound signings in on that if you did spread it out. So it's not like the be all end all. We we're not going on some kind of Newcastle like spending spree. Just because... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'd prefer it that way. I prefer it like what we said before the the sensible way. And you said about Matt Hobbs earlier um, that he's he's not a moron like certain people <laughs> sell us. Um, who know who they're doing? So, I've got full confidence in them doing it. And would I rather that than spend 40 million? And well, say we never spent 40 million on Cunha, but that that's worked. Yeah. We, spent, we spent 28 on Geddes, and that stupid cunt's not never gonna set foot in Wolverhampton, is he? So, yeah, you look at him, and this is what I was saying about other, other certain players. I mean, you, you don't want to be skewing spending on 20 million and 200 grand a week on players like Dybala who doesn't want to be here. It's pointless mm, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So going after people who've got some kind of inkling and, oh, yeah, you come here, you improve, you get your move like Jota did. Bring it on. Do it Do it properly. Do it that way. Yeah. I think I, 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 I definitely agree. And I'm sort of very hopeful um, that yeah, we are going to bring in a couple of players just to give that bit of reinforcement. And it, whether it's signing... Maybe another young centre half, even uh, with the idea that Bueno pushes Dawson or whoever that bit further forward, and we've just got that extra option. Or you know, he looks at playing uh, Toto Gomez left wing back as a potential option if more if Aitnori um, inevitably gets injured or when he's at uh, for African Cup of Nations, or even like another right wing back because you know, the drop-off from Smedo to Doherty is quite telling. You, you, Tom, you mentioned uh, Johnny as well, and, you know, uh, it's very clear what's going to happen with Johnny. Um, yeah. You know, what, what 1st of January now, aren't we? So he's still under his... Uh, uh, ban. Ban, for want of a better term. But yeah. if he ain't, like, if he isn't sold in the next month, I guarantee it, 1st of February, Wolves will do a post uh, saying his uh, contract's been terminated. Uh, um, terminated. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bit sad to see, but then we are like buggered if Samedo gets a ban and we're left with Doherty, and Doherty's not up to scratch. So, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a couple of areas, isn't there, where you can see Wolves, you know, try to pick out, um, you know, Sony might just challenge your squad. Yeah, yeah, like I say, I think that right back area is definitely one to look at. Um, but I think as well that comes into the academy as well. I mean, you look at like Dexter Lembekisa, for example, mm. who's yeah. at, um, at Rotherham and he's smashing it. So, you know, you you look at your academy lads who you've got who are going out, getting the minutes. Um, you know, if they're proving good, why not give them a shot? Keanu Hoover as well. I know he, he's had yeah. some spells here and then 
then he's gone on gone on loan and done well there and then hasn't really done the business that much in a wolf shirt i wouldn't say from my um in my opinion i think there's a lot more to come from him but again you've got to want players who want to be here and who want to play for the club yeah, yeah. definitely so i think i think it's going to be a uh yeah an interesting transfer window but Hopefully, at the moment, we can keep this positively through the transfer window and we're not on the 31st of January pulling our hairs out um, when we do our transfer deadline day special, as we so often do. Um, but I just feel like a very apt point to end the show. So, uh, once again, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, big thanks to everyone who listened throughout 2023. And we look forward to having your support once again in 24. Um, make sure as well you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on our website because Tom has been smashing it, doing lots of previews and review uh, blogs as well. So do make sure you go check them out. Until next time, though, it is goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. Thank you. And it's goodbye from Stu. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year again. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.